Send you home with the P-Man. In five, four, three, two, one. Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Welcome in the uh, all love edition of the Patrick Johnson show. Uh, Valentine's weekend. You better get it together, guys, if you don't have it together already. We all we all have those expectations, fellas. Uh, welcome in, everybody. It's great to have you with us uh, to get you to the Valentine's Day weekend here on the Patrick Johnson show. We've got a full docket. Uh, in just uh, a moment, Cy Seymour, Joe Giglio will be a special guest today from the uh, 99.9 The Fan. Talked to him a little earlier. Joe, of course, uh, hosting the afternoon show now on The Fan in Raleigh. And uh, we'll catch up with uh, Nikki Novak. Uh, she'll talk with us about, uh, well, what else? Movies you can watch with your sweetheart, among other things. Uh, it's great to have you with us here. Of course, uh, the news that I guess... Uh, is a little bit, uh, you know, disappointing for all of us uh, fans in the Pirate Nation is uh, basketball not happening this weekend. ECU supposed to play the, uh, originally, the uh, second half of their home-and-home uh, home with Temple tomorrow, but that game, as well as the Thursday game, postponed, as you know, and then it was announced yesterday, right before the show, uh, maybe even during the show, I believe. That Wednesday's Houston game has also been postponed, so the Pirates are not in action on the hardwood till next Sunday when they're scheduled to take on Wichita State. Uh, Cy Seymour in just a moment with more on this. A couple of other things. Uh, right now, NC State and Duke, you can hear that game tomorrow on our sister station, 1037 WTIB, 3 o'clock airtime. Uh, Four o'clock tip between the uh, pack and the Devils. Joe Giglio on that and more coming up in a little bit. Plus, uh, we will have uh, for you on uh, our sister stations, uh, 94.1 WNBU and uh, 97.9 here in Pitt County. Uh, coverage of, East, of uh, UNC hoops tomorrow uh, against Virginia. And I believe that's a five o'clock uh, airtime with a six o'clock tip from uh, snowy Charlottesville for uh, UNC and ninth-ranked Virginia. Uh, and, of course, we're a week away from Pirate Baseball starting the season opener, a week from today. Pirates are slated to take on Rhode Island. Another feature of the Pirate Baseball season, we'll talk with Coach Godwin every Monday here on the Patrick Johnson Show, but that'll be a small part of a greater, uh, I guess, podcast that we're going to have uh, for you. It'll usually be out around uh, mid-morning on Mondays. It is uh, inside the ECU clubhouse with Coach Cliff Godwin. I'll be talking with the coach every week uh, about everything surrounding Pirate Baseball. That'll be Mondays throughout the Pirate Baseball season. It is brought to you by the Gavigan Agency Insurance and Financial Services. 
The Gavigan Agency, covering the Pirate Nation's personal and commercial insurance needs with offices in Greenville and New Bern. And it's also brought to you by Dr. Philip Goldstein at Carolina Digestive Diseases and Endoscopy Center, reminding you that a colonoscopy could save your life. So we appreciate their sponsorship again. That's coming up Monday online, 943thegame.com, inside the ECU clubhouse with Coach Cliff Godwin. You'll hear it on air and online on the flagship of the Pirates, 943thegame and 943thegame.com. We'll pick things up here at the start with uh, Cy Seymour. Analyst Pirate Sports Network from Learfield IMG College was looking forward to catching Cy Thursday and then listened to him again over the weekend and even next Wednesday. But he's got an extended vacation after the COVID issues with ECU basketball. Uh, Cy, great to hear from you as it always is. And, uh, boy, uh, it's it's a tough deal for Joe Dooley's bunch. It's a tough deal all across college basketball right now. No doubt about it, Patrick. You had – you had uh, two back, you had back-to-back games coming up against Temple, which are winnable games, and then it gets because of the COVID issues, you don't get to play them, and there's, you're getting to a point where you can't make games up. It's all also been extended to the to the Houston game next Wednesday, so three games here you're going to miss in the month of February, and kids are already tired. I'm telling you, when you go over two semesters and you play sports, this stuff started, you know, back in November, October, November, and you've been going this long. And then you can't play games. It is a really frustrating time, not only for ECU last night, Gonzaga got canceled, Memphis got canceled, and, and a host of other schools. It's just a very, very difficult time. Next game for ECU right now on the docket is a noon game uh, at Wichita on the 21st. So that's 11 local time for that game. Uh, it's a Sunday. We hope it'll get played. Uh, but other than that, you know, that's a road trip for the Pirates. They've got a game the following weekend at Tulsa. Somewhere in there, and it's got to match up, they will maybe try to make up one of these games and then a couple of home games, at least on the docket now, to finish the year. But if you're Joe Dooley, you're looking at cramming a lot of games into a very short three-week period, and I know that's a big concern of Joe's. And it speaks to what you just talked about there, Cy, as far as uh, the kids are tired this year for a, very, a number of reasons. They're not getting the, the legs under them in practice and the conditioning they normally would have. And just the way the American is, it's so physical, you take a pounding in this league. All teams do. Uh, so exactly. There's, 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 yeah. uh, that, that's real concerning for me. Once you get everybody back, trying to jam a bunch of games in. Well, you, yeah, you were jamming in nine already. You had nine in the month of February, and you know, now you've lost them. I mean, so – you know, you lose three of the nine in this month. And it goes back to the month of January and other COVID problems from other schools. And it's what you run into. Everybody's going to run into there's not enough time left. How you handle it, I just don't – I think what you're going to do, you're going to be on conference calls and you're going to say, can't make this one up, we'll play you one time. Uh, like Temple, let's say. We might play them once. Uh, Wichita State, maybe once. I mean, it's just how do you fit them in? How, how do you get these games in? And uh, there comes a point when you just can't. You just can't get them in between travel and school and COVID. You just can't do it. Cy Seymour's with us. Uh, Pirates are 8-8, eight 2-8 and eight, two and eight in the conference before this uh, pause due to COVID issues with the ECU program. Cy, I had a caller this week on the show ask me, how could East Carolina shoot it so well against Houston but then uh, struggle so mightily? against Memphis and SMU? And I, I, he was obviously talking about the offense. It's the toughest thing to figure 
Uh, you know the recipe very well, a team that maybe isn't as talented as the other team, in this case, ECU in Houston, a week and a half back. Pirates took care of the ball. They hit threes. If you do that, we see it in the NCAA tournament all the time. That's the upset recipe right there. So uh, if ECU takes care of the basketball, which by and large they have, you know, they didn't shoot it well, but they're still right there with two very tough quality opponents in Memphis and uh, and and SMU last Monday. There are several things that come into play for any coach. First of all, no one wants to play three games in five days, okay? And you played on third through the eighth. That's five days. The third, you played the last one on the eighth. All right. Now, that's one thing. Not then you tell me I'm going to play the best three teams in the conference on those three days. Houston, Memphis, and SMU. He had the, he had the world win. And then, so on top of it, the Memphis game is on the road on a Saturday. You are chartering with the women. So they play at 6 o'clock. So you get back in around midnight. You practice Sunday and play Monday against SMU. I mean, it, my point is, your legs are tired. You're, you've been through a gauntlet of a rough, rough schedule. And it's just set up wrong because of COVID. It's not it. And then somebody said to me, well, you know, they said, somebody texted me and said, well, SMU had to go through it. They played Saturday. I said, no, they got canceled for COVID. So they just sat back and practiced and looked at uh, uh, our tape or our, you know, looked at the ECU on film and studied it and got ready for East Carolina. See, that, that's the other part of it you can't figure in. Now, having said it, I will say this, SMU is long. They're very good defensively. They do a nice job, but it was a tough three-game stretch, and you were in all three games. I mean, let's get real. They were in every basketball game up until about the eight-minute mark, and then they just couldn't turn the corner. So, yeah, I'm not defending that they lost and they didn't shoot. Right, they didn't. Right. But, but, but the puzzle's there to make it even more difficult for you when you have that kind of schedule. Yeah, got to improve on the shooting, and you would think in a year where there's a little more uh, rhythm about the schedule, you could maybe have some consistency with that. And we know Joe's going to be and his staff on the trail and also looking through uh, transfer portal in this unprecedented year for guys that that are shooters. you got to surround Jaden Gardner, and and, uh, you got to get some guys out there that can stick a jumper, especially from behind the arc in the program. Last thing for you here, Cy, uh, we kind of go back to where we started with this conversation in our opening segment here of the show today. Do you think that we're going to make it to the conference tournament, not just in the American, but in other places? You know, that that is a great question. And uh, I personally think, I think teams are going to talk and they're not going to send everybody to the conference tournament. Now, I, but I, I'm just, this is my philosophy. I think, you know, you get COVID during the conference tournament, you don't get to play in the NCAAs. So there's going to be a lot of philosophical questions here about how many do we take, how many ESP in, how many televised games do they want, things along that that will go along. And I'm not sure if everybody makes it. I, I, it's just it's that kind of year. And I would think you will see some things change here. I just I, because it just keeps happening. Uh, it's it's an unprecedented year, and you're going to have to make things done that you don't want to do, but you're going to have to do. I don't want to put you on the spot here, but if you're Houston, do you participate? <laughs> well, if the conference tells you you are, you are. But it, 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 <laughs> they, they are your best seat to go in. And I'll tell you, we've got a really good league of three or 47 teams. We've probably got eight or nine 
that are, are right at 100 or below. So you're the 30, the top 33%, the top third of the country. Our league is in that. You know, we are pretty darn decent and well represented. But I, I you know, I don't know how it play out. If Houston, uh, I think they'll make a play. I just, yeah. I just don't think they'll let anybody sit out. But uh, yeah, I wouldn't want to go if I didn't have to because of COVID. I would like to be able to get a kind of a smooth ride to the 64. Uh, but I'm almost. <laughs> remember when Shashevsky said at the beginning of the year, "Let everybody go." Yeah. Uh, but that's about where we are. It's it's that crazy. I mean, right now, ECU's in last place with two wins. There are five or six teams above them with three wins. That's it. Three wins because of the way this thing's run. So everybody's saying, well, ECU's in dead last. Well, they've got two wins, and six teams above them have three wins, and you didn't get to play Temple this week. So <laughs> it's too crazy to figure out. Hey, Cy, uh, enjoy the time off. A little quality babysitting time for you, I'm sure, uh, over the next several days, but uh, we'll talk to you soon. Always enjoy it, Patrick. You have a good weekend. That's a question uh, I'm going to ask Joe Giglio coming up in just a little bit, and that is, are we going to get to the conference tournament? You know, Joe mainly covers the ACC with uh, 99.9 The Fan, but he's a pretty keen observer of everything going on. You have to be uh, when you're when you're hosting Sports Talk Radio. So I, I'm, I'm curious to get the perspective on what the ACC line of thinking is uh, and uh, beyond that even with uh, Joe Giglio from 99.9 The Fan. Cy, by the way, this week, uh, his son, Todd, is uh, now coaching at Jones Sr. He moved back to the eastern part of the state to uh, coach basketball. They go over to a game this week, this Jones Sr., to play Pamlico County, uh, varsity girls, varsity boys game. In the midst of the varsity girls game, a varsity boys player who had practiced football, was on the basketball team, who was shooting around in the gym with some of the girls players earlier that day, well, he had tested positive for COVID. So they call the girls' game where it is right there in progress. They send Jones Sr. home so the boys don't even get a chance to play, and the girls' game was stopped midstream. That's kind of the wild situation we're in with COVID, and there's no rhyme or reason to anything that's going on. I mean, you heard Cy there say uh, and talk about Gonzaga having their game the other night uh, postponed. It's going to be difficult to work all these games in, I think, over the next several uh, weeks. And if you're ECU, there's only that period of time between – that's reasonable, at least, to work in one game. Do you try two between Wichita and Tulsa? I mean, you got to go on the road for both those games. Pirates really only have one of those at home. Uh, it's just that they can make up. Uh, it's just to tell you, you don't want to put somebody on the road for three straight days, do you? So we'll see. There's no easy answers uh, right now to, to any of this. Uh, we continue on this uh, uplifting. Well, that's an uplifting thought on a Friday, is it? Uh, isn't it? Patrick Johnson's show on this uh, Friday. It's the Get You to the Weekend edition. Uh, Nikki Novak still to come. Joe Giglio. So stay with us uh, here. We'll chat with him next. Videos, articles, and what's going on in the Pirate Nation. I thought that's what Facebook updates were for. Like and comment on 94.3 The Game's Facebook page right now. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up on 94.3 The Game and 94.3thegame.com. Greenville's top sports show is back. Well, isn't that special? The Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game.
You're not going to hear this on Julio's show today. I promise you that. Vito missed the boat that day. He left the shack. It's good stuff right here. But that was all he missed. And he ain't coming back. All right, so uh, we've got rain in the forecast really through the entire weekend. And bits of it next week. It's going to hopefully be out of here by the time ECU baseball season kicks off next week. Looks like it will. Uh, Joe Giglio, 99.9 The Fan. He, uh, for years, was with the News and Observer. Now he's a big star radio host, doing a great job. WRLSportsFan.com. You all are playing Lido Shuffle is a bump, are you, on The Fan? I'm a, I'm a big podcast fan. Are you no, kidding? I love it, but I'm just saying the producers. See, I pick the music uh, on Friday, generally. Oh, you do? I do, yeah. Nice. And the older, uh, the old heads, which you and I are now, let's face it, uh, we know good music, right? I would say we do. And, but these producers, they play a lot of uh, stuff that I, I, it sounds like racket to me in this day and age. Joe, what about you? Uh, It depends, Patrick. I I, I like my taste in pizza and coffee. I like all kinds of music. Well, you're much cheaper than I. Okay, you're much cooler than I am. I just some of it now sounds like racket to me. I've reached that point. Uh, all right, Joe Gillio uh, joining us. 99.9 The Fan. It's a solo Joe uh, this uh, day, and I think through next week. You can catch him out uh, 3 to 6.30 most days. Uh, 99.9 The Fan. That is when you're not listening to this fine radio product. We appreciate Joe taking a few minutes with us uh, here. Hey, uh, hey, Joe, as uh, I think one of the popular segments uh, is, we just talked to about this a little bit. Are we getting to a conference basketball tournament across the Fruited Plain? It's going to be interesting, Patrick, and I, I've been asking that question this week as well. I kind of joked that I'd like to see a nine-team ACC tournament with an homage to Les Robinson and have one playing game. It, it might come down to that. Uh, I think if you're the ACC, you got to explore all of your different options and weighing both what's best for the teams who really have no chance and also for the teams who, you know, like a Louisville that, or even a Florida State, Patrick, that, that they've had two different COVID pauses. And you're going to say to yourself, well, here's a good idea. Well, let's go to Greensboro before the NCAA tournament. Uh, you know, particularly in, in Florida State's case, I would say after what happened to them last year, I would just stay on their pause <laughs> until the NCAA tournament and just show up in Indianapolis at this point. So it was brought up by uh, Brian Mull this week. That's That might be the thing for Loyola Chicago to do. And I argue now it might be the thing for Houston to do because you're, those schools are like, especially Houston's going to get in, right? Yeah. So why not do that if you're the uh, American and, and try to get a second team into this field? Why not? <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, I don't see the downside to it. Yeah. But, I mean, if, you, if you're the top, I don't know, four or five in the ACC, what's the incentive to go to, to go to Greensboro? If you're Boston College, what's the incentive to go to Greensboro? Right. That's what I'm saying. It's both ends of it. So, And you wonder, too, of the unwieldiness of a 15-team bracket. I mean, uh, you know, an eight-team or a nine-team deal might be nice and clean and entertaining, but they, they rarely do what we think would be entertaining or even best for the players. So 
uh, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out based on their television contract. Well, that's that's the where te- where where we are told at the offset of all of this. Well, television had really nothing to do with how we structured these conference schedules. Ha ha. But it certainly <laughs> does. It certainly does because the tournament is the is the valuable inventory for a lot of these TV deals. Yeah, and you know, for the conferences themselves, that's where they make money normally with fans. Um, but they're not going to have fans this year. So you, you just have to wonder the value of some of it. And again, based on the disappointment of last year, Patrick, if you're Florida State and, and you had the team that they had and really a chance to go to the Final Four, if not win the whole thing. And when that gets shut down on you, you have to think well, this whole season for them has been getting back to this point and getting their chance in the NCAA tournament. I'm in last mid-March. I'm in the studio in the bridge show before uh, Adam starts his uh, statewide show. I'm holding down the fort on that, and we're getting word out of Greensboro. It's trickling out. This thing ain't going to happen. They take the photo with Florida State, with, and, and you could not have – you talked about some uh, RBFs. Uh, on the Florida State uh, Seminole players' faces to be given that, you know, to, they wanted to play. You're right. You're 100% correct. Yeah. They wanted to play. They wanted because they thought they had a squad that could, as you say, uh, get to the Final Four. And they probably easily could have. Um, Joe Giglio, 99.9 The Fan, with us uh, here. I guess we got to talk a little Duke State, right? Yeah, such a surreal setup. For you know, normally a game, Patrick. This is a game where the crowd is the best it is at PNC Arena because when Carolina comes over, yeah, it's sold out just like the Duke game. But there's a lot of angst in the building, and when it's Duke, it's more of hey, you know, we've won a bunch of these recently, four of the past five for NC State, and it's usually a pretty festive, you know, raucous type crowd. The the best that it gets for NC State, and obviously that won't happen. On Saturday, and now maybe Duke, obviously there's some luster off of them. You know, normally when Duke comes over to Raleigh, they have another uh, single-digit number next to their name. The only single digit they have right now is in the win column. So it's, uh, it's just been one of those years. It's completely and totally unusual, and if you don't think so, just look at Duke's record. To pick up on your point is what I, I've always sort of observed from afar. I'd, I'd love to hear your up-close and personal take on this. It does seem like every time State plays UNC, they're uptight. Again, I'm yeah. watching, this is through a screen. When they play Duke, especially over uh, in Raleigh, it seems like that they are loose and, I mean, there's not a care in the world. They're very confident. Have you? Is that kind of what you're speaking to there? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, again, since they've had success against Duke, that's another part of it that gives you confidence. Whereas when you play Carolina and you look at Roy Williams' record over there, you, there's a, there's very much a, oh, no, here we go again, feeling at the very first block charge call or the very first Carolina dunk or, or anything. Whereas the Duke game is really truly a, norm, again, normally Duke is top 10 team and they're over there and, and you feel like this is the best possible version of NC State on, a, on an annual basis. But not what we have this year. Uh, I still think it could be an entertaining game, though, Patrick, you know. Duke, the way that they're playing defense, NC State, the way that they're playing defense, this could be a, a game where these two teams trade paint pretty regularly. I don't think anybody knows the psychology of uh, NC State blank than uh, Joe Giglio, who joins us here, 99.9 The Fan. 
It's a real interesting year in the triangle for basketball because Duke fans and, to a degree, UNC fans are living the state fans' regular occurrence. I find that yeah, being I, on the bubble. I yep. find that so <laughs> so fascinating. If, if you think about it, for thirty years, Duke and North Carolina have done whatever they wanted. They go to the Final Four. They win the ACC regularly. They win national championships regularly. And now, all of a sudden, you know, up until this most recent losing streak to Duke, they found themselves really in the exact position that NC State is in annually, and that is on the bubble and. And you're trying to figure out what quadrants are, and you're trying to figure out, okay, is this a top 75 road game? Is this a, you know, top 50 home game? And then is this one going to help us? Is this one going to hurt us? And that's how NC State has lived for the better part of the last 20 years. So that that dynamic has definitely flipped. But there you are with NC State, and truly, Patrick, I think um, the second COVID break that they had, I feel like it mentally it mentally set NC State back. And I feel like, and then you, you add in the injury to Devin Daniels yeah, gosh, uh, against was, Wake Forest. They're, yeah. they're one in three since Devin went out. And uh, well, I guess one in five since uh, previous to that, with even with Devin after the, the second COVID break. I just feel like they were running hot to start the year. They had their break in December. They kind of took it in stride. They came back. They beat Carolina at home. And then they have that second break, and they really just haven't been the same team since. Yeah. Uh, I've always, outside of the life of Riley, in a way, it's like living Josh Goodson's. We know what Josh Goodson goes through now. Everything else about Goodson's life is the life of Riley. I mean, the guy plays a lot of golf, <laughs> but his, it's his NC State fandom that is the angst in his yep. life. So you've, you've explained yep. that very well there. Uh, we've got uh, Joe Giglio with us. We got through the NFL season. We had a Super Bowl. Uh, perhaps not the most competitive game. I'm sure you guys have talked about uh, all aspects of the Super Bowl this week. What What is your biggest takeaway from, let's just say, the game itself, the spectacle, and then even the Tom Brady uh, boat parade celebration? Give me the whole gamut there, Joe. Yeah, I, I was surprised at how well Tampa Bay's defense was able to pressure and normalize Patrick Mahomes, I, I do believe Patrick Mahomes is the best player in the NFL. And on the first play of the game when he started limping, I was like, oh boy, uh, this could be a long day for the Chiefs, and it turned out to be that way. Uh, just felt like Todd Bowles and the Tampa Bay defense had a scheme to derail the Chiefs, which in a way, which quite frankly we haven't seen since Patrick Mahomes became their starter. That part was surprising. That Tom Brady played well enough that he did not hurt his team, which I think is the best way to put it, particularly after the second half of the Green Bay game and the NFC Championship game. Like he, They should have lost the game because of the way Tom Brady played in the second half of that game. Um, the Packers coach was too stupid to take advantage of that, and then Aaron Rodgers was too weak to not stand up to his coach. So you get what you deserve oh. um, if you're the Packers. So you know now you're in the Super Bowl, and Tom Brady did exactly what I thought he would do, Patrick. He did not hurt his team in any way, shape, or possible. And he went to the ultimate security blanket and Rob Gronkowski for the two early scores. And it was a vintage Tom Brady performance. And again, as I like to say, Tom Brady is without a doubt the GOAT. I know there's, I'm not, there's nobody's arguing that. He remains the LOAT as well, the luckiest of all time. <laughs> only, Tom, only Tom Brady gets uh, in the NFC Championship game a completely brain-dead Packers coach 
And then uh, Eric Fisher in the AFC Championship game in a meaningless play in the fourth quarter, the left tackle for the Chiefs tears his ACL. So now Tom Brady's run to a seventh title includes playing the final two games of the season against teams missing their starting all-pro left tackle. Only Tom Brady. Yeah, well, there's sometimes better to be lucky than good. And and look. Well, he's both. He's both. Yeah. But we also know this. You know, after eating, consuming nothing but superfoods for the last decade and a half, he can't he can't hold his liquor. We know that now at least. He has a hard time holding his liquor at this point. Yeah, and we know he we probably he probably shouldn't be on a boat either while <laughs> imbibing. So I, I always it love might my, have added a factor. Yes, I always love my time with Joe Giglio. It is over with, unfortunately. Uh, but uh, Joe's doing great things. Ninety nine nine, the fan, uh, great friend for many years, uh, great admirer of Joe and his work all these years as well. So it's very cool for me to talk uh, to him anytime I get a chance. Uh, Joe, thanks a lot. Keep up the great work, and uh, we'll catch up with you, I'm sure, sometime over these next few wild weeks. Well, of course, Patrick. Always appreciate your kind words and time. All right, Joe Giglio from 99.9 The Fan a little earlier uh, today. We've posted this story online. Uh, of course, we had the uh, unfortunate uh, obligation to let you know of the passing of Lou Hill, who was uh, an assistant coach on the Pirates staff back during Joe Dooley's first run. He had uh, been a star basketball player at Wichita State and had been with Lon Kruger at UNLV in Oklahoma and uh, was now the coach of uh, Texas Rio Grande Valley. And uh, an amazing article today about he had, had a, um, a, a disease that uh, affected his body and, and really caused him to be greatly fatigued. He had just told his team when they got back from the game Sunday night that he was going to have to step down to concentrate on his health and then um, uh, was set to meet with his athletic director that Monday and uh, unfortunately did not wake up. That died in his sleep, uh, and his uh, wife very much wanting through this Washington Post article to let everyone know that she believes COVID had nothing to do with this, that his disease uh, that he was suffering from uh, had uh, had claimed his life. And uh, that is uh, a story we've got up on our social media, at 943 The Game on Twitter, uh, and uh, our Facebook page as well. Okay, uh, Nikki Novak in just a moment. Valentine's weekend, maybe some things for you to watch with your sweetheart. Uh, here is America's sweetheart. He's Ben Byram, and he's got your 94.3 The Game Sports Flash Update. Ben? Oh, shucks. Ben Byram here for your 94.3 The Game Sports Update. We have some high school hoops set to tip off tonight, but first, some breaking news. So we're getting reports from parents that Farmville Central's games at home for senior night against Southwest Edgecombe has been canceled due to weather conditions and travel restraints for the Southwest Edgecombe Cougars. Games that are set to play tonight include Parrot Academy hosting Grace Christian, Tarboro traveling to Jones Sr., Washington Pan Pack matching up against Henderson Collegiate, South Central battling Newburn, North Lenore taking on Aiden Grifton, J.H. Rose hosting Eastern Wayne, D.H. Conley battling CBA, CBA Cock at Hollywood Crossroads, North Pitt matching up against North Johnson in Greenville. From College Hoops, a few matchups tipping off the night. Most of the exciting action starts at 7. We have two American Conference matchups. First, Temple versus Cincinnati. The Bearcats at home are the 6.5-point favorites. Then UCF battles Tulane. The Green Wave are the underdogs by 5.5 points. Some action from within the state down in Bowie's Creek as Campbell hosts South Carolina Upstate. Fighting Campbell's a favorite in that game by 4 points. 
And wrapping it all up from the NFL, the Houston Texans have granted J.J. Watt his request and have released the three-time Defensive Player of the Year. Twin brothers and former Pro Bowlers Marquise and Mike Pouncey have decided to retire from the NFL together, and Tom Brady is set to have minor knee surgery during the offseason. Here at 94th Theater Game Sports Update, I'm Ben Barmawi. Return, what to watch with your lover on Valentine's Day. Fandango's Nikki Novak with the latest movie releases after this quick timeout. Pirates, Panthers, the P-Man. Oh, my. More of the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game right now. All right, welcome in to Nikki Novak now. Fandango, time to talk, uh, time to talk some movies as we uh, say hello to Nikki uh, Novak from the left coast. Hello, Nikki. Hello. It's my second favorite weekend of the year. <laughs> Valentine's or President's Day weekend. Well, of course. Of course. Of course. Yes. yes. Uh, Valentine's is my second favorite. It's not a holiday, but it should be a national holiday. Uh, second favorite of the year. Second only to um, April Fool's Day. <laughs> what? I, didn't expect, I love April Fool's Day. I didn't expect I you love- to say that. that I, I'm not going to lie. I didn't expect you to I say that. I love playing pranks on people you've been forewarned oh you've been forewarned okay <laughs> interesting i learned something every time i talk to nikki Dango, and i just i learned that just now uh it's great to have uh, nikki with us uh here okay uh we're uh, out of the football season by golly what are people gonna watch because they're canceling basketball games left and right uh let's start with the movie uh yeah. bar it's a Kristen wig vehicle barb and star tell me about it Oh my gosh. Okay, this is the best. I think this is the best movie since Bridesmaids. I got to be honest. It's called Barb and Star. Go to Vista Del Mar. Say that five times fast. It stars Kristen Wiig and Annie Mumolo. So she was, Annie was also in Bridesmaids. She and Kristen wrote it together. And I guess these two characters, they play these two middle aged Midwestern women that have never been out of their hometown. And I guess they tried to write a character like that into Bridesmaids. And it just, there just wasn't enough room right, for it. There were right. so many. And so they went and wrote this whole comedy. It's about these two women that uh, get fired from their jobs. So they decide to go down to Vista Del Mar and they get embroiled in this like uh, plot, um, you know, to murder the entire beach. And, and Jamie Dornan from Fifty Shades of Grey plays um, the love interest of one of them in it. And it's just stinking hilarious. Like, when, you, when I saw the trailer, everybody was kind of cutting it up, going, oh, this looks really stupid. And I was like, I don't know, I see some real genius in there. And I have to tell you, like, it's so good. Everybody I know who's seen it is just like, oh, my gosh, this is like the best comedy in 10 years. It's so fun. It, they take place all on the beach. It's just like a great escape. And it's just silly, you know. It's silly, but they're both, like, it kind of reminds you. Like, Kristen Wiig, I know, was just in Wonder Woman and all that. Mm-hmm. It kind of reminds you, like, not that you don't want her to branch out, but please keep making more of these types of movies, Kristen. And we need it anyway. There's been so many, like, this is award season, so I'm watching a lot of really depressing movies. I'm right. like, thank yes. you for making a comedy. So it's fantastic. It's available on video on demand this week, and it's going to skip theaters and go straight to VOD. Okay. Uh, that used to be a sin, but now in the modern era, yep. that's the way it is. Barb and yep. Star go to Vista Del Mar. Uh, I might add an appearance in the movie by Native North Carolinian. A uh, one-time friend of a previous radio show, Fortune Feimster, I might add, uh, in that is, uh, well, okay. Well, there you go. Well, there's also, it's 
I'm glad you said that because there's a lot of surprise cameos in it mm-hmm. that I, I have been asked not to spoil, but it's awesome. Like there's, you know, sometimes every film has like one cameo and you're happy. Yeah. There's so many. So it's great. Okay. Uh, there is a movie out that is, uh, you're going to tell us about the big thing with this, at least in my mind, is that this was considered a big snub, at least in the first round of, of award nominations. It's the film Minari. Uh, Give me a little bit of what this is about, and do you agree it was snubbed wrongfully? Okay, so it stars Stephen Young, who people probably know from Best Known for The Walking Dead. Ah. And he plays, um, yeah, and he left The Walking Dead because he wanted to do more roles like this, and this is great. I mean, he's uh, probably going to get nominated for Best Actor at the Oscars. But it did get, technically people called it a snub at the Golden Globes because it's a foreign language film, um, and so the, it didn't qualify for the main like best picture, best drama category, and so it only got nominated in the foreign film, foreign language film, which technically, according to the Golden Globe terms, that is correct. It's not the best foreign movie, it's foreign language, because it was made in the U.S., like it was filmed in the United States, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but um, he plays this guy, and it's basically Lee Isaac Chung, who's the director, it's really his life story about the South Korean family that it's the American dream. They build a farm and what they go through. But it's like, did you ever see Lion a couple of years ago? That movie Lion about the little boy in India that gets separated from his parents. It was a true story. And then he, you know, is reunited with them through Google years later. Like that level moving. And when you ask me the question about whether it's worth the hype and what people are getting upset about. This is probably first or second favorite movie of the year. Like wow. so good, but I really think that everybody will get something out of it. It's you know, Parasite was the movie that everybody loved last year, which was the foreign language first foreign language film to win Best Picture. I think it's better than Parasite, in my opinion. But that's just my opinion. So, yeah, worth checking out. Nikki Novak from Fandango is with us here. Judas and the Black Messiah. This is another one of the. Uh, Award season films, I would have to imagine. Yes, so this is HBO Max is releasing this at the same time it's releasing in theaters. This is kind of, again, the new world that we're in. And it's Daniel Kaluuya, who is best known for Get Out. Um, And he plays Fred Hampton, who was the leader of the Black Panther Party. And he was was murdered when he was 21 years old. And this is kind of the story of how this guy, William O'Neill, infiltrated the Black Panther and he party and he was working for the FBI at the time. Um, produced by Ryan Coogler, of course, we know from Black Panther, the movie Black Panther. And, um, yeah, another one that I think, I'm, I'm guessing, I'm predicting right now that Daniel will win for Best uh, Supporting Actor at the Oscars. It's gotcha. an incredible performance. It is Valentine's weekend, and I don't say this to pry into what Nikki Novak's going to be uh, up to. <laughs> I say this because yeah. Nikki's here to provide you with some uh, opportunities to, to kick back and watch a rom-com, you know, a romantic comedy, something that your significant other, generally if you're a male, uh, the female significant other will love this, generally speaking. Yeah, rem- remember when they used to do release rom-coms in theaters? <laughs> they don't well, anymore. I'll, I'll give you an movie. example. I'll give you an example, uh, Nikki. The movie Valentine's Day, you're aware of it. You're aware of the genre that it uh, appears in. New Year's Eve is one of them, and I'm sure Uh there's another. My wife, the lovely Jill, loves loves that movie. She will make sure we watch that at some point this weekend. 
Oh, I love that. Look at you gonna go romantic. I didn't so say I, I. I didn't say I wouldn't go kicking and screaming, Nikki. I didn't say that now. <laughs> Just go with it. Just go with it. Yes. That's another name title of a movie. It is. <laughs> it is. Um. So yeah. So look, we at Voodoo and Fandango now, um, our two streaming services, came out with a list of the top twenty most watched rom coms over the last few, several years, and all of them, by the way are not available on Netflix. They're unavailable on our streaming <laughs> service. <laughs> but I want to see if you can guess. I mean, it's like a needle in a haystack, but oh, I want to see if you can guess what the number one most watched rom-com was over the last two years in the month of February. Ooh, I don't know if I'm the best to ask this. Um, Pretty Woman, perhaps. Pretty in Pink. Uh, but, but, but breakfast at Tiffany's. Am I am I close on any of this? Clueless. Came out oh. the last three years. Yeah, you you. I'm not the one to guess this, Nikki. This is not crazy me. rich Asians was number one. Who? What? Crazy crazy rich Asians. Oh, was crazy rich one. Asians. Yes, yes, yes. I can imagine. Yeah. Uh, that. Yes. Okay. All but right. We also did. Well, we did it by state. We also did it by state, and each state. So if you go to our website, you know, you can check it out. But pr- the proposal was number two with oh. Sandra Bullock and Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Last Christmas, also with Henry Golding, who was also in Crazy Rich Asians, was number three. So I think people watch Crazy Rich Asians and then they go watch Last Christmas. And then Sweet Home in Alabama was number four and Princess Bride was number five. Maybe you said this. Maybe I saw it somewhere else. Julia Roberts, Pretty Woman. She should have won the Academy Award that year. But did you I say said that? This to you, you said that last yeah. week. You did. I said this to you last week when we were chatting. I yes. I so she was nominated and should have and won. I was like, wow, that's she should have won because when you think about it, they really it's really hard at the Academy Awards to win if you are either a, a comedy or a horror movie. In in the past, in history, they just haven't taken those movies seriously, and I just think that they should. Um, now they're sort of starting to consider like the superhero movies in that genre. But mm. back then, I mean, you think about how, I mean, I don't even know who won that year that she, uh, that that movie came out, but she, I mean, that's an iconic performance and that was just gra- like groundbreaking. I remember seeing that and being like, who is she? Yeah. <laughs> you know, pretty woman was six yesterday mm. and the wedding singer forgetting Sarah Marshall. That was great. Crazy, yeah. stupid love. 10 Things I Hate About You, Valentine's Day was number 12. There you go. Because of your life. Here's, here's one you <laughs> don't think. Yes, here's the one you don't think of, but it is a rom-com, Groundhog Day, which was popular at the beginning of the month because it was Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day is a great rom-com. Bull Durham, for the sports fans yeah. out there, Bull Durham is a great one. Yeah. Look, at, I think you should be doing like this movie review. Honestly, you know more about rom-coms than I do. Like, my favorite of all time is The Notebook. And then, like, Titanic, even though it's a disaster movie, it's also one of the greatest romance movies of all uh, time. Yeah. So, I, it is a yeah. disaster movie, though. So. Uh, it truly is. Like, Nick- you can't really say, that's my favorite romance. <laughs> <laughs> of, of all the disaster movies, that's my favorite. Oh, and before we go, uh, Nikki Novak was quick to remind me of this in her notes before the <laughs> segment. Uh, Nikki Novak, you are a better picker of football games than I am. There, I, I said it. it. I said it. You and Ben got it right. Yip, yippee kaye for both of you. Never discount Tom Brady in a Super Bowl as well. You had a whole, they had home field advantage. So come on. Uh, uh, you were right. Ben was right. I was wrong. 
the the always delightful and correct when it comes to prognosticating, Nikki Novak uh, from Fandango. Nikki, enjoy your weekend. You too, my friend. Enjoy those rom-coms. Oh, yeah. Can't wait. See you later. <laughs> Back to wrap it all up. Next. Miss a moment. Remember, there will be a test. You can log on to the brand new 943thegame.com for the podcast of the PJ Show. Plus, what's going on with sports in Pitt County and around the globe. And the latest on the ECU Pirates. Log on today. The brand new 943thegame.com. You are dismissed. And now, the stunning conclusion of the show. It's the P Man here on 943 The Game. back then byron big uh, romantic weekend plans uh it's my brother's birthday on sunday i oh. i ditched the women before <laughs> uh, valentine's day so i could save some money so. i got you bros before whatever we're not going to get into all of that uh, speaking of things you not should not yes yeah, not a simp speaking of things that should not be said ben out loud uh roy williams i see here uh all shucks old roy comparing oh. uh Comparing Dayron Sharp and uh, Baycott not wearing their masks, saying it's not like they stormed the Capitol. Ooh. Ooh. But that's old Roy. Boy, there's been a Twitter firestorm today. We got Jillio at the wrong time. We should have interrupted the show and got him to come on. <laughs> uh, okay. Hey, starting on uh, Monday, don't forget, 943thegame.com, we have our uh, brand-new podcast that we're going to be uh, debuting with Coach Cliff Godwin as we go inside the ECU baseball clubhouse with Coach Godwin. And uh, we'll be talking to him about all things ECU baseball. You'll hear a goodly portion of that on the Patrick Johnson Show on Monday. Plus, we'll talk about Daytona, talk about everything else going on in the world. And I'm sure get into more, more of uh, old Roy's comments uh, coming your way. That is uh, Monday at 5, Patrick Johnson Show. Ben, have a great weekend. Great job as always. You too, sir. I hope you got Valentine's Day figured out. Oh, do I ever. And uh, there's a Bill Bird joke I'll tell you one day when you're old enough. And then I uh, okay. want to thank uh, Nikki Dovak. want to thank uh, the aforementioned Joe Giglio and the uh, always positive Cy Seymour. Uh, we'll see you Monday. Patrick Johnson Show. Have a great, safe weekend and stay warm. <laughs>